Welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and as you can feel, if you walk out your front door, we are in the dead of summer. Things are heating up. The biggest party of the summer, one week from tomorrow, SummerSlam, streaming live, WWE on Peacock Live from Ford Field in Detroit, Rock City. Joining me as he does each and every week, my tag team partner, the fighting Irishman, KP, Kevin Patrick with KP. We're doing something a little different this week. And I'm excited. A little topical. In the heat of summer, it is only appropriate that we wet your SummerSlam appetites with an appetizer of our own. Welcome to the official After the Bell Alpha Academy Summer Barbecue. And no, your ears did not deceive you. I said Alpha Academy because they are here together as our very special guest for the duration of the show. The master Chad Gable, the number one guy, Otis Alpha Academy. Gentlemen, welcome to the barbecue. Thank you, Graves. Thank you for having us. Smells good. Smells good in here. <laughs> I was trying. I tried my best to, to have some accoutrement, some barbecue, uh, you know, on hand. But as we are in different points in the country right now, it was a little difficult. So we're just going to pretend. We're going to cosplay okay. as barbecuers today. Uh, we got a grill here in the shack with us. It always smells like some kind of barbecue or yep. smoked meats in here. <laughs> so. That's the kind of ambiance we like to create in the gym. Smoked meats and body sweat. (laughs) Sounds like the perfect combination. High sodium diet. (laughs) (laughs) So guys, first things first, let's chat all things Alpha Academy. Uh, You guys have really made a lot of waves recently. I mean, obviously you've been a tag team for quite some time. You joined the show a while back when you were sort of a newly formed duo But the Alpha Academy, I think it's safe to say, is really in full swing right now, despite not necessarily being featured in in the highest of profile uh, matchups. As I'm sure everybody wants, you want to be in the main events, you want to be in the title picture. But over the past few months, man, I don't think anybody would deny the Academy is red hot. And how does that feel for you guys being able to succeed and forge this new bond with the WWE Universe like you have over the past few months? Yeah, it was like uh, when we, t- we were turning like bad guys or heels, as you say, like it was kind of like new for me, but it was also fun the same way. But also I miss personally the love you get back when you perform as a baby face, get the sympathy. And now it's like 10 times more fun out there. Now it's always fun with my partner over here, um, especially when like we get to these sh- like certainly France where like you forget how much like we're not there all the time. They much appreciate every little thing and like. So right now it's a ball and Maxine is quite the babe and quite the awesome to work with. She's very hungry and she's very like everything she does, like little innuendos, like she's just getting right away. So it's you know, a great time. I mean, business. Yeah. What we kind of ran into was, you know, last year we went through some transition stuff and Hunter took a bigger role with everything. And when we finished our stuff with Randy and Riddle, which is, you know, it seems like an eternity ago at this point, um, <laughs> We kind of like got lost in the tag team picture for a bit, but the cool thing about it was I got a chance to do some single stuff. Um, he did some single stuff. And I think what the crowd got out of that was like a glimpse into like, man, these guys are also ha- like, they're not just tag team guys and they're not just one dimensional. And we kind of like watching them wrestle. They're pretty awesome. And like you gain enough favor with the fans, I think by just putting on, like awesome matches once in a while, which is what we got a chance to do over the summer last year. Um, and you build that favor with them and all of a sudden it kind of happens organically, which I think is the best way with what we do for anything to happen where they kind of just get behind you because you're putting in these performances week after week that they can go, I like that guy. And it reminds me of like when I was a kid watching, for example, WCW, like cruiserweights, or guys who weren't necessarily in the main event picture, but every time they were on your screen every week, you'd sit there and watch it because they just put on these performances that were just different from other guys. And that just sucked you in because of the way they wrestled. And I think that happened over the past year and then giving us a chance now to be the same characters, but a different version of that character where we're directing some of our annoying stuff or the angry <laughs> stuff he does that we used to do, but it's being directed at different people or at like heels or bad guys and people like seeing that too. So all that to say, I think it kind of happened organically, which like I said, is the best way. 
and the crowd is like enjoying us now, uh, which is super cool. It's, it's nice. Does talk to me a little bit about the villainous side that we saw, which is such a departure from who you are as a guy. I mean, anybody backstage who gets to encounter Otis knows it's not a character. You are this guy 24 seven. You're you always light up a room. You're always jovial, always in a good mood. We saw you sort of evolve into a monster for a while. What was that like for you? Because it's such a marked difference as to who you have been on screen and off. Yeah. Especially like before, like, especially like, as a baby face, like you're, uh, for me, it's like you're shaking constantly. You're kind of always moving. And then when you got to like being the serious killer, it was like kind of hard to just kind of stand there and be a presence. Um, Randy helped me out, helped me out with that a lot because he would just be like, don't touch me. I would just stand there like, okay, I don't know what to do. And he'll laugh in the apron because he goes, like, <laughs> he goes, I guarantee you he's going to try to body slam you. And I was like, I'm like, all right, I hit him a few times. Now I'm looking badass. I'm going to grab him and body slam him. Classic sign for Otis <laughs> is if he gets a little bit uncomfortable standing there and not doing anything, he's going to reach for the guy and just grab him and try to slam him. And I'm going, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. He doesn't know what to do. He's getting uncomfortable. We're, we're, we're in the ring with the Usos, and, and I got Jay. And Jay goes, all right, what's, what's up, Us? And I just grabbed him. And I go, body slam. And, he, and he's midair, and he's like, what the hell? Ooh, bam. And I go, oh, damn, he's pissed me. And then he sits up and looks at me like, hey, <laughs> hey man, I, I got nothing to do with it. <laughs> so very, very different kind of style. Because, again, like the old Otis, I was, you know, just being a weirdo and shaking. Now we're going back to that, you know. And what I've learned more about, like, is pacing in the ring, especially being a heel and, like, kind of doing things at the right time. Because, again, if you just go in there and, sh- you know, shoot your guns right away, what do you have towards the end to make it believable for you to be – the man to be over in the match or win the match. So that was the thing to learn. Especially got him, you know, the master telling me like, I wouldn't put that there, but that there, it obviously becomes magical, like a garden if you dig it. That was a big, I remember a big thing that he had to go through and whether it was Vince telling him that or Hunter and a lot of guys about being this like monster and how to change his, you know, his expressions and what to do, what not to do. It was a lot of work for him. And like we went through probably six, eight months of trying to be like, dude, you don't need to do that much. You just relax. Look, you look scary when you're able to just stand there and be scary. And then so that was all this work. And then all of a sudden now, you know, we're kind of back in a babyface role. And trust me, he needs zero help at all being a babyface <laughs> or getting a crowd like on his side because they just looking at him. You just want to cheer for this guy. There's just something about him, you know, so that part's easy. That's all hands off. Does being a villain, did you notice or did you feel that it helped with how the fans perceive you? Obviously not as a fan favorite, but realizing that, yes, in fact, while you are this big ball of energy and you're a fun loving guy to be able to remind people, oh, you're still a killer. You're still a yeah. badass dude who who has these legitimate credentials, who can tear a man apart should you so desire. Was that something that you think that the fans sort of you earned a little more of their respect when you were doing that? I'm not sure. I didn't really think about that. To be honest, the, what I what I think about mostly is like how to perceive it. Um, and honestly, with, I'm not going to lie, the haircut did did help a lot because all I can remember is being the pissed off, you know, ball of energy kid in a high school gym or a college or you know, in you know, in, in Greco-Roman wrestling. Like I always had like a fuzz cut, so that kind of really got me into it and like kind of just. But then again, you. See, and then like it got to the point where Bruce and Vince go, we're going to shave the face too. And I go, here's the problem here. I think I'm more lovable without a beard. And they're like, no, no, no. We love this double chin, baby face heel. We love it. So the, it's like the day they made him <laughs> shave the beard. You, you do not want to be around this guy. He was not a happy man. I just kept going like, how you doing brother? You know? They go, oh, get up, put a mask on. That's, no problem. That's the only time I wanted to put a mask on at COVID was put this mask on. But dude, it was something different. And I remember Vince, uh, we, we uh, came to the back and Vince goes, that neck, never hide the neck. And so uh, all the time when he would say it a promo, he'd be like, my number one guy is constantly would flex it and just stand there erected and just be like, yeah, number one. And then he just apparently loved it every time. So very different. But I think with the fans, I mean, they're going to, I don't know, it's kind of, it was funny because in, in the international tours, I would yell at them and they would cheer. So it was like, damn it. They're not really hating on me. But I feel like we still were entertaining heels to the point where, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. But for me, like, I think it was a chance to show that, yeah, I am, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't see myself as a badass, but it comes time to do it. If you don't want to mess with me, I'm going to mess with you, brother. The rest of the world does, Otis. <laughs> you, you may not. But those of us on the outside, we, we know what we're dealing with here. <laughs> the quad, we talk about it all the time with world wrestling entertainment. And the entertainment factor is just so important. I mean, my wife was at her first Monday Night Raw in Atlanta. We came away and I said, what was your favorite part? She said, Alpha Academy. And she was all in. She's been yeah. all in on Maxine Dupree. Loves you, Otis. Loves you, Gable. How much is that in your consciousness when you're heading into a show that you guys very much have been the entertainment on Monday Night Raw of late? That is such like a feather in our caps, I think, because early on, in, at least in my career, certainly probably not Otis's because he's always been like this super entertaining guy. But I know I ran into that, you know, kind of cliche that a lot of guys get on the main roster when they come in as like good wrestlers or whatever you want to say. And where, oh man, yeah, he's real good in the ring, but, uh, you know, he's got no personality or, and there's a lot of guys that run into that. And I'm here to tell you, or like the world that like, I'm in the locker room with these guys every day, every week, every single one of our superstars has personality, every single one. And they're all like very unique in their own way. Um, it's just that everybody needs to find their way to show it. And for me, like it took being with my best friend on TV every week. Uh, and I lucked out with that because not every guy gets that chance. You know what I mean? But once we got that chance to be ourselves on TV, I think that just encouraged us or both to like let loose a little bit. And now I find myself like not having to like think in my head, how am I going to go out there and like be entertaining? How am I going to go out there and connect with the people? It's about just going out there and being the same version of yourself that you would be in front of your best friend or with your best friend. And I think that when people sniff that out, they're like, he's being real and we can get on board with that. Like if it's real and authentic, people feel it. And that's what they get on board with is what I've found. Not just these forced, I'm going to try my hardest to try so hard to be entertaining because it, you try too hard and they sniff that out too. And it almost never works. And just having the time of our lives, man, like being able to be yourself with your best friend on TV. There's, I mean, what's better than that? Nothing. He's able to shut it off. I can't. <laughs> Did you have like an aha moment, Gable? I mean, you're a guy who has been around, you've been in the system. You've, you've right. survived Shorty G yeah. you, to your point. You had that label sort of put on you. Yeah, uh, sure. Maybe this guy doesn't have the personality. Was there a moment that you can recall when you went, Oh no, this, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah, maybe, um, I, cause I was always so, uh, I guess reserved a little bit as far as like doing in my head what I thought was right or what I thought might be entertaining to people. So like when we started with RK bro and they finally gave me a few chances, uh, I remember the first one was there was some people sick and gone, uh, from TV or couldn't able, weren't able to make it to raw last minute. And we got thrown out there and like, like right before the show, they're like, we're going to give you a walking promo, like two minutes. And so I did it and I did the thank you stuff and the, oh, my list is this long that I used to do, like stuff that I thought was cool, that I thought was funny. And then it led into like the graduation ceremony where I was doing the shoosh, which it was just stuff that like in my head, I'm going, this is what I like. And this is what I do when I'm around my family or the people that I'm vulnerable in front of. So let me try this stuff for once. And I did it. And it was like the next week, that's all people talked about was the dumb, the stuff I thought was kind of dumb, the shoosh, the thank you. And I'm like, wow, it works. The stuff that I like enjoy, but think is dumb, but it's funny at the same time. That's what people like. And so when that switch went off, but it's like, you don't have to like be so reserved and timid all the time. Just do what feels right. And it's not going to work every time. Like it's, everything's not going to land and be a hit. But do what feels right. Go with your gut a lot of the time. And it seemed to work out, and it still is. So that was kind of my aha, like little aha period there. So I, lo I love the fact that you've brought that up because I remember I, I felt so lucky to be part of the academic challenge with RK Bro. <laughs> it, it might honestly be oh, the yeah. most fun I've had since being part of yeah. WWE as a broadcaster. The fun we we had in ring in yeah. those moments, you know, like the, the, the race around the arena with scooters yeah. and like it was just gold. But you guys haven't really changed at all from 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 that academic challenge with Randy Orton of all people and the fun that yeah. Randy had throughout and Matt Riddle to now what we see. So when you look across the ring, I mean, you talk about your, 
you're, you're being best friends. You're in the same gym together right now. You're, you know, you guys go way back. That comfortability, that, that ability to adapt in front of whomever or whatever is in the ring. When your character is so clearly defined, can you explain just how, how simple that becomes when you know exactly who you are? It's really, uh, it relaxes me for sure. Cause again, like this man's got a, like his promo skills and like the way he memorized stuff on paper is mind boggling to me. Cause I'll be, I'll be sitting there watching him going like, if I was in front of a crowd, I'd probably forget all that. I'd probably just start shaking and have a compulsive disorder. But I mean, I probably already have, but for me, it's, it always relaxes me. Cause again, uh, like we mentioned before, it's like, it's not like we're going to not see each other. And now all of a sudden it's 2 PM call time. And then, hey, how you doing, brother? Now we're going to do this business tonight. It's like we've known each other. I mean, we've been each other 24-7 since traveling. So it's like it never that, that bond never leaves. That chemistry never leaves. So when you go out there, it's like, okay, even if we – we'll see me. If I mess up, I know I can relax and look at him and he can remind me or just like, you know, just make it relax. And then, But the whole situation was perfect because you got, Rid, you got Riddler, you got Orton. They're both trying not to laugh at what we're doing. We're trying to try not to laugh at what they're doing. <laughs> it was almost like a challenge because for me, I had to be the killer. So every time Randy would look at me and do his look that he does, no one knows this, but it's like he does this thing where he knows I'm gonna like gonna break on something. And I just gotta, you know, get that <laughs> get that look in there. And I, mean, I would always hit his leg going like he's getting me, dude. Yeah. And then he'll be like, quit pinching me, dude. This is all on live TV, by the way. And those like <laughs> and as, since we're talking about that stuff, it was like that was when we started to get comfortable with these characters, but also to have Randy there to play off of. And everybody puts Randy over. I've done it before. I know he's like the greatest of all time. Godfather. But man, like playing off of him in the ring. And there was one moment specifically, I remember, I think it was after the spelling bee when like <laughs> uh, they, they got the best of us or whatever. I spelled the word wrong. And uh, Randy challenged me to a match and, I looked in his eyes and he was so in the moment and like in character, but in the moment. And he was screaming at me like he's challenging Chad Gable and the veins in his neck and like his eyes were bloodshot from screaming at me and there was sweat dripping down. And I'm looking right in his eyes like it was so and surreal is such a cliche, but it was so surreal because I'm like, man, he looked so pumped to like go into this match. And he was so invested in this storyline as dumb of a thing as a spelling bee is, he was so into it. And it was like, what a teaching moment to be like, none of this is dumb. You like, as, it's as serious as you take it and make it. You know what I mean? This is a legend, one of the all timers we're talking about here. And he just finished a spelling bee uh, on Raw and he turned it into this serious match that we're about to throw down. And it got me pumped. I watched that back, that little moment quite a bit because it was like, we're not even saying anything. We just look like two dogs about to fight each other. And we're both like just veiny and bloodshot and sweating. And I'm like, man, if Great you told tan. somebody this is all just a result of a spelling a word wrong, no one would believe you. But uh, <laughs> that was like a big teaching moment from Randy. You know, you can make anything pretty serious. I love that. It's, everything is only as serious as you take it and make it. But yeah. that's, that's a perfect example. That's really, really important. I, I love that. And also, let's not forget that the crowd was very forgiving to Otis. We did we make a little mistake that night on the spelling bee? I think uh, he, he was up first, I think. But the, luckily, we have a very forgiving crowd. Or they just didn't catch it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I stood up and I, I, and I, I thought, I, and I was so confident. I thought he said the word. I don't even know what it the was. It was the confidence. Was. He spelled it wrong. Like the last letter was like L. He's like, oh. And everyone's like, okay, I think it's right. <laughs> Close I guess the back, everyone's like. You couldn't even get that word. I'm just like, oh my god! How do you think I felt as the quiz master? I had to go correct. I was going to ask you because there's a lot of innuendos in there, and you just had to keep your cool and be like, "All right, Alpha Academy, it's your turn." Because there was a lot of like, you know, references to certain things that we cannot see in a PG company. Well, KP mentioned how his wife was impressed with the Academy in Atlanta, which was the night that you guys took part in the Viking Rules match. Uh, A match that got a great deal of acclaim that night, deservedly so. Uh, Something totally wild, something totally different than we normally see on Raw. Back to the point of you guys maximizing your opportunities. How did, what was your mentality heading into that matchup? Knowing that you were going to have a chance, it was advertised, it was going to be somewhat featured within the three-hour behemoth. And and very, very much so, the Viking Raiders are in a similar boat or have been with you guys capable world-class tag team. They've done everything all around the world, uh, but nobody's necessarily getting the, the feature, the spotlight that a lot of people believe that you all four deserve. What was your mentality headed into that Viking rules match? 
EC Dub, baby. I, I don't know. We, we, we watched, I mean, I never get a chance to be in a lot of matches like that. And like, for me, I was like excited for it because I'm like, this is going to be carnage. Like, yeah. Like, like you, you just know, like working with those guys, you just know they're going to bring it and we bring it. So like, it makes it way more feeling out there. And like, and for me, like I've never, I was scared about the boat mostly because I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a big boy. I mean, there was a lot of weight on that boat at one time. So thank God it hold us, but it's a Viking ship, Dazzle. Yeah. I should hold a bunch of weight. Like full disclosure, like <laughs> when I hear, you hear about matches like that and it's similar to a spelling bee, the spelling bee thing, right? Like you get what you'd call it like a gimmick match or a match that we just normally wouldn't see on raw. And my mind goes, oh, I'm this technical guy. I just want to do all this intricate, like, little wrestling. I don't know if this match is going to, like, come out very well. But then you kind of switch your mindset and go, no. Remember, anything is just what you make it. And those guys were so excited about it, and it got me excited about it. And then the way they explain everything to me and the rules and, like, the concepts and different ideas they had, then my mind starts going. And I'm like, no, let's, like, let's tear the house down with this thing, like, and make it as... But like it's in Atlanta, it's sold out. This crowd's like going to be all our crowds have been awesome lately. So like we were talking about ideas in the car, and I'm saying stupid stuff, dude. Like I'm ready to just like throw down and do flips off the mast of the ship and like like destroy myself. I have to get reeled back in a little bit uh, by this guy. But it's like you, you kind of go into it with the idea that everybody in this match can benefit coming out, and those guys are great about that as well. And we worked with them at WrestleMania too. And it was the same way. Like, let's not just focus on ourselves. Let's not just focus on one guy. Let's make sure everyone comes out of this looking better. And the, I think that's what made it so successful because it wasn't just those guys putting their stuff in and their ideas, their ideas that they brought to the table were like stuff for us. And then what that made me do is think about, well, where can we plug their stuff in? Like, how can we get Toddy's stuff in and, and all this? And all of a sudden, and even the girls got their spotlight at the end, which was like a highlight key moment of the match. And we come out of that match, not only was it awesome and the crowd was friggin' sweet and it just felt totally different than like anything we see on Raw usually, but like everybody looked great coming out of it. And like, that was my favorite part. It's like the Viking Raiders finally got this good win that they've needed for a long time because those guys are awesome, like you said, and they deserve that. And it's their style match. It makes sense. Like they should be winning the Viking rules match. And we looked awesome because we got to do a bunch of cool stuff with cool dudes. Our girls got lifted Ivar. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's yeah. pause for a second. Let's not gloss <laughs> over the cool stuff because I saw two of the most ridiculous feats of strength I've ever seen yes. in a WWE ring. One from each of you. I'm going to start with Otis catching Ivar <laughs> off of a springboard, which is what? 600 pounds plus of humanity in the center of the ring. And then Gable with the deadlift German on Ivar. Poor yeah. Ivar had a rough night at the office, but yeah. how the hell do you do that? Let's, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was, uh, oh man, I wish I got in the ring more. Cause I, I, I kept telling Todd, he goes, because he got it. I, go, I got it. Dude. And I just was, I wish I was there a second earlier, but yeah, once you have that load, it's really hard to keep stable. And I'm just thinking like, we're going down. And like, but then like the way I wasn't, I thought it looked bad. I thought it was bad. Cause I got up and I was lost. I even ripped a shirt too early. Then I watched back. I said, okay, thank God. I looked at least decent because my God, he's Todd. He's a load. He's like, yeah, I'm three forty. I got you. And I try to put his <laughs> mind at ease in these moments because he's always so concerned about like stuff like that, where if they stumble and fall, he's like, I don't know if it looked that good. I'm like, dude, with you, it's let me make this stuff look good. It's not supposed to look good with you. It's supposed to look carnage. And it actually like the way he caught him. It's like complete chaos with like what? 650 carnage, pounds yeah. worth of men. Just like, Stumbling to the mat. I'm like, that's what it's supposed to look like. It's not supposed to be pretty. No, it looked like a fight. It looked like chaos and carnage. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a yeah. demolition derby from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely insane. And not in a sense that, you know, a lot of times these, these hardcore matches or these big spot fest kind of matches, you remember a few moments or a, a, a big spot or one big maneuver that was jam packed from bell to bell. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. It wasn't, Oh, Oh, the end of the match. There was that one. Oh, there's the moonsault. Sure. Oh, the moonsault into the deadlift German. Sure. And then here's 700 pounds of men slamming the, and, and then the girls go through the table. It was wild. It was absolutely chaotic and hats off to all, four, all six of you, because I mean, it took, it took both teams in 
completion to make that work the way it did. And it was, it was very well done. Well, thank you. And it was one of those moments where like, as well, we had our time allotted, you know, like that, and we knew what we had and it got cut. Like it so, so often happens in what we do, you know, it's a live TV show. So this stuff happens and you're always kind of prepared for that going in. But this is like this one time where, and I'm always a professional. I do my best to maintain professionalism, but we were told like your time's cut. We got to get rid of some stuff. And I was like, no, we will do it. <laughs> we'll make it work. And we will not, we'll, we're not going to be unprofessional and like steal other people's time, but we're going to do what we plan because this is awesome. And people deserve to see this. It deserves to be this whole like story we've told where we've crammed a lot of stuff into like 60 second backstage segments, you know, or we've been given 45 seconds here to tell a story as quick as we can about me coaching Maxine. And then they get 30 seconds to respond in a backstage later. And that stuff all worked so well that we got given more and more time to build to this payoff. So we're going to make the most of this payoff. We deserved it. I felt like we earned the, like the right to be able to do like our art that night, if you want to call it that and deliver like the little masterpiece that we got in our like eight minutes of raw. And I think we did it. So uh, it was the one moment where I was like, we're not like, uh, you know, going to get rid of anything or change anything. Let's just do it boys. And, I think it worked out. He was doing a thousand squats. He's like, nope, (laughs) we're not changing a thing, dude. Speaking of making the the most of things, we had Maxine Dupree here on After the Bell a few weeks ago. Man, she's special. There's something special. (laughs) What is it for you guys that makes Maxine Dupree work so well? So very, very um, endearing person. I think that's the the thing that uh, is winning the audience's heart with her is there's something about her that just endears her to everybody. And I think it's her. She's humble. She's willing to learn, really hungry, um, willing to learn. You can tell that she's been just waiting for this opportunity. You know, she's been did this stuff with the models for a long time. And to their credit, those guys are awesome. And she was awesome with them. Like they're so entertaining. They go out of their way to do stuff, you know, on their own, shoot a bunch of stuff for social, all this stuff. And it was so entertaining. And we got a chance to work with those guys overseas on tour for a few uh, dates. And we had these great matches that got better every night. So entertaining, but they never got their chance to break out. And now I feel like she's just been clamoring for that. And so that she's finally been given this uh, opportunity and she's just running with it, man. Like I'm sure she told you guys everything, but makes her own gear. She's training on her own on during the week when she's not at TV, she's coming up with ideas. She's making us take pictures that we don't want to take all the time. Oh, and just like, <laughs> loves the, I mean, she sure she loves the camera, but me, I'm not going, yeah, baby. Did you see the mood there? Baby? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's like every, every angle is going to be a good angle for her. So like, it's just insane. We'll be sitting there sweaty after a match. She goes, okay, here's your towel. She's, she's like, I got to get my good side. She's, she's like, you, down. you have a bad side. It's like, look at oh, yeah. Come on. I don't even know about <laughs> sides. So I'm learning a lot about the camera myself. It almost sounds like she's taken on like a legitimate managerial role. You hear stories about like when the road warriors had Paul Ellering around, how Ellering booked their travel and made sure they were, you know, had places to eat and all, all the sort of the legwork. It sounds like she's actually adding to the package more than just what we see on screen. She's she's the boss. (laughs) And Maxine, if you're listening and you want to take over our eating and our travel and all that, you're more than welcome. The more responsibility (laughs) she wants to take on, she can have it all. I I always mix things up on dates, on times. I couldn't get on time if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Maxine's got her first ever singles match live on Monday Night Raw this coming Monday. We're definitely going to be paying very close attention. What can we expect out of Maxine? I, I don't expect you guys to reveal any trade secrets, but what can we expect from Maxine? I think to keep the carnage going, to keep the train rolling here, man. Uh, again, um, Ben Halley is a very tough opponent. Oh, yeah. And uh, I believe this is a normal contest, one-on-one lady versus lady. So I'm very, I'm very, very confident behind her. And uh, Coach here has the plan. But I don't know if you want to reveal right it. Before we, actually, right before we came on with you guys, I got about like nine text messages with her, videos uh, of all the moves she's been working on. Mostly my moves. Uh, so I got to reel her back a little bit on that because before you know it, she's going to be doing all my stuff better than me. And then I'll be out of a job. She's taken over the shush, my moves, the thank you. And, you know, she's Listen, if Maxine, <laughs> if Maxine busts out a deadlift German on Valhalla on Monday, I, I mean, 
I don't know that anybody be, anyone will trouble. be surprised. We're in trouble then. <laughs> here, speaking of feats of strength, did you did you fellas hear that Corey Graves here caught an eight foot shark down in Fort Lauderdale? Eight, eight feet, eight, eight foot, foot shark. lemon shark, baby. I was talking about it on the podcast last week, and I, that's I didn't get to see you guys on Monday, but that, that's basically all I did all day was brag to everyone that I am a master fisherman. Uh, I don't know how that relates to anything, but they're I, powerful beings, dude. I could put that on. on they're just powerful. I'm going to add that to a list, and it's not quite as impressive as Gables. I don't know if you caught this, but I actually borrowed a, a an addition from your list and accredited it to Maxine on Raw a few weeks ago. In fact, I told the world that you, Master Gable, taught her how to dribble a bowling ball. It's possible. Anyone? Don't let anyone tell you it's impossible. Graves has seen it. He knows all the. Uh, my most famous, you know, achievements that go back to the NXT days. Dribbling the bowling ball was one of them. I think I once, didn't I once successfully order a Big Mac? A Whopper at McDonald's and you got oh, it. that's what it was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you get a Whopper and I got it. So, uh, you know, if you need something done, I'm, I'm the man. Well, hey, before we get into all things SummerSlam, because the biggest party of the summer is looming next Saturday live from Detroit in Ford Field. I'm sure you guys will be there in full effect. I want to take a little detour. We've, we've mentioned this being the barbecue, right? The Alpha Academy ATB barbecue. And I know, those. it's no secret. You've got quite the healthy appetite. And uh, yes, Master Gable, you guys you guys got to keep each other in shape. You got to enjoy the fruits of our labor on the road. Oh, yes. We're both Mid- Midwest boys. So our producers have compiled a list of some of the most Famous Midwestern food staples. Now, I went through this list and I recognized a few of them. Some of them sound like something I would never dare put in my body, but I want to run through this list. And this is for all four of us. KP, you're Irish. You probably never heard of 90% of this. I seven years. I lived on okay. a Midwestern boy. You're too. a Midwestern boy. This Irish thing's just a gimmick, isn't it? Exactly. That's what I can't. It's going to be the longest. Total gimmick, dude. dude. It's just the weighing machine. From- I've always thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been from Chicago this whole time. Carrying a weighing scale. Oh, it's the weighing machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, He's never never lived the weighing machine down. I love that. (laughs) But I'm going to run through this list. I just want to know if if you guys know these, if you enjoy them, if you're fans. And those, for some reason, I have a feeling you're going to have some thoughts on a lot of these. (laughs) Bring it to me, brother. I'm going to start off at the top of the list. I think all four of us have enjoyed some beer brats, right? That's that's just like oh. a staple. That's more than the Midwest. But as a Wisconsin guy. through college. Yeah. Beer brats got me. Ramen, ramen noodles get some people through college. Beer brats got me through college. Yeah. 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 They're always cheap. I, I always, when I was like, you know, you're, we're all like poor college kids. And I remember pork was always on sale, but pork has got a bad rat. But what was also on sale was the sausages. I'm like, dude, beautiful. We got beautiful meals here. So always had the cheap little charcoal grill, the George Foreman. I mean, dude, yeah, that was your diet when you were in college. And even as our best friend, Andrew Besick, is an Olympian, uh, his, his diet is only beer and brats. That's a shoot. <laughs> That's a shoot. And he has an eight pack. So screw his metabolism. What about late night down the bars on Tower Ave, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's past, past midnight, you can get brats unlimited or you can get euros. There's always Costa's. Down the street there, you just can't get French fries. There's been a lot of bad access with French fries. But yes, Tower <laughs> Avenue is always popping in the town of Superior, Wisconsin. And yes, <laughs> there's a lot of stories I can't say on here. <laughs> you got to get Maxine. You got to get Maxine to Tower Ave. She would, yeah, yeah we got security. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth is Malort? Malort? M-A-L-O-R-T. It's, it is, it is. That a I've, f- never, I've never heard of. You know it, Otis, no? No. Maybe that's more of a Chicago thing. I've never uh, heard see, of Malort. The Irishman's sneaking things in there. No, He's like, I didn't oh, even okay. put that in. Malort yeah. is famous in Chicago. For, what is for, it? Uh, it's, it's a liqueur. It's, it's absolutely oh. disgusting. It's disgusting. No. Oh, you drink <laughs> it's it? It's a what? Yes. Hasn't made its way to Minnesota, as far as I know. Yeah, sorry, guys. Fair enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow through some of these, because if you haven't eaten them, you, you should sure. be doing that. Uh not listening to podcasts, tater tots, apple pie. I mean, who hasn't had those lingonberry jam? Sure. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yes, of course. Jam, uh, jam itself is actually big here. Like canning your different jams. Oh, yeah. Lingonberry specifically would be one. I'm not a fan. 
Uh, I prefer a raspberry. A nice raspberry would, would do me just fine. A little tart. A little too tart for me. You know, super know sweet too. tartness. Yeah. Not, pl- not pleasing to the palate of the Olympian. No. How about Pearson's no. salted nut roll? Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a Midwest thing only? The salted nut I've roll? I've never heard of it. Oh, that's like, that, that will bring me straight back to my grandma and grandpa's lake house, like in the basement, you know, this, the salted nut roll, you know what it is, right? Like with the, the white cream in the middle and all surrounded by the nuts. It's like oh, a candy bro, bar that's delicious. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a classic. I must've housed about 8,000 of those in my grandma and grandpa's lake house. 8,000. I'm going to, I'm going to call, uh, call BS on this one. This is not a Midwestern thing because I've had it. I grew up on it here in Pittsburgh. Fago soda. I mean, if, if you're not from the Midwest, you may be an insane clown posse fan, but Fago. I know what it is, but yeah, I've never associated that with us either. Um, I didn't think that. Yeah. Cheese curds. I've had, of course you can't go to Wisconsin, not have cheese curds. The best dots, home style pretzels. Oh, pretzels are huge. That's, I mean, a, big, yeah. that's a big pontoon snack. We, yeah. That's a big lake snack. You bring it out on your boat, your pontoon, dots will come in handy anytime you're <laughs> on the lake. KP, is it just me or did Gable finally, did he have an accent in that answer? It's like you're, oh, no. you sound like out? You, it came you're out. mentioning all <laughs> this Midwest crap and you're getting me in the mood now, dude. It happens to me too when I'm talking about anything Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh has a very distinct. Let me fix my own. An accent. Yeah, we going down, <laughs> down south side and that, you know, you're going to get pick up a couple burgers and that. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it. I worked very, very hard, especially becoming a broadcaster to get rid of it. And it's you're funny because I hear my kids me, do it and it, it's so glaring. And my wife makes yeah. fun of me all the time. She goes, say that again. What was what was that word? <laughs> you said it to me when we were on with Finn Balor a few weeks ago. I text my wife, by the way, asking her for Midwestern food. She's from Chicago. And she said, asking about Italian beefs. And puppy chow. Puppy chow. Oh, yes, that's a big one. That's delicious, a big dessert. dude. Puppy one chow of our is like chicks mixed with chocolate, right? Correct. Ugh. Like dusted with and like powdered some sugar. powdered sugar. Powdered yeah. sugar, yeah. That's a famous dessert. Yeah, you don't eat that stuff, do you? I don't know if, uh, well, it, it depends where I am. If I'm at a big Midwest gathering, you know, desserts are a huge deal. Yeah. So you bring bars, but since we're talking about Midwest desserts, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Midwest salads or what we do for salads here. So like my wife comes from a huge family that like born, raised everybody from Minnesota. So they have like a salad table at these big gatherings that's called a salad table. You won't see one piece of lettuce. You won't see one piece of spinach or anything you would associate with a salad. What you will see is bowls of like jelly, um, different things of jello, marshmallows, all with like cream and like different kind of fruits in there. So salads here are essentially desserts with like jello ambrosia and, salad. My mom used to make yeah. some, she called it ambrosia. It was like fruit and marshmallows. Exactly. And, and okay. Think of like 20 different versions of that all in different colored Tupperware bowls, all sitting on one table. That's your salad table at the, so I, I don't like expect that. to eat like any greens or anything with any fiber. If you come here. That sounds like going to clog you up, brother. <laughs> my kind of salad right there. A salad. Table. We have cookie tables in Pittsburgh at weddings. That's like a, that's a really weird tradition. Salad is a salad. There's no description yeah. here. When in Pittsburgh, all of our salads have French fries on them, which I well, kind of think go. defeats that's, the purpose, but <laughs> they're quite lovely. This one, I know, I know this one's exclusive to Cincinnati, Ohio. Skyline chili. Have you guys had Skyline chili? That's no. Skyline chili. I've had chili no. millions of times. It's That's garbage. Skyline. It's the worst. It's like tomato oh, sauce. Angelo <laughs> No good. No good. And I got, oh, there's, here's a salad on this list. It's Jello salad, which I think there you, you just. There <laughs> This is my, my last one. My last question. Booyah. Do you guys know what booyah is? Booyah? It's booyah? A, allegedly some sort of Midwestern stew? No. I thought Booyah was... Is it with L's? B-O-O-Y-A. Booyah. No, I do not know that. I think my producers are making stuff up trying to make me sound silly. You don't have Lutefisk? You have Lutefisk on that list? No, I don't see a Lutefisk. I I jumped over Scotcheroos. No, don't know that one. Scotcheroos. Lutefisk is a type of... I think some type of fish that I... I mean, not recommended. Just certainly a Minnesota thing, but this is not a recommendation for me. Do not eat lutefisk. Is it like the the old fish, like like when they eat shark that's like nine months yeah, old? Yeah, something or? like that. And it just looks, I mean, it looks unappetizing. There's nothing about it is endearing. So just avoid it at all costs. I am shocked there's not 
some kind of tater casserole. Because I mentioned casserole like in the South and everything. I don't know if it's just a, like a Midwest winter thing, but that was always in my childhood making a big, massive dish. hot dish. Hot dish, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's only been here. So when I mentioned, so I, actually my neighborhood, we had, I don't know what time it was in the year, but we all gave each other our different kind of hot dishes. It was a big old thing. And like, I'm telling you, man, I miss those old days. But Usually always be tater tots in it yeah. and whatever else. So just don't ask, just assume. It's just yeah. a hot dish. I remember one time a vegan gave me a, a vegan hot dish, and I go, I, <laughs> I know there's not one speck of bacon, not one speck of meat in that son of a gun. And she goes, do you notice a difference? I go, of course I do. <laughs> like, there's no meat in it. What are you doing? Otis, your family's from Montenegro, right? Like Eastern yes, Europe. Well, my, my dad is, yeah. Yeah, did you grow up eating Eastern European food more so than the Midwestern food? Brother, yeah. I've actually came over. We had a, a cookout. Where I made chihuahuas, which is basically a little sausage mixed with pork and beef with our secret ingredient, a lot of garlic, a lot of onion. And it looks like it looks like crap, but the taste is amazing. So they look a little weird if we try telling his, his kids are hot dogs. <laughs> They're like, you're, you're lying to us, boys. <laughs> you're lying, but uh, chihuahuas, yeah, anything. When he speaks about salad, it's funny because my dad will just be like, I'm excited tonight, and he has a broken pinky, so this pinky is the salt. So he pours the old kosher salt, he dips it in there, and there's probably half a bottle of olive oil in there, probably a full bottle of vinegar. And the salad is only this big, and it's just like almost Italian, how they just add crap to a salad that there's no nutrition value anymore. It's just like <laughs> sodium and olive oil, baby. Boom, there's your green. So that, that way for our, our side of family, and obviously pig neck, uh, we talked last time, Corey. I think that my yeah, first yeah, time yeah. that happened. So that's the huge... first time you were on the show. I, I never yeah. never knew that was a thing until Doze brought that into my world. People think pork belly is the best, bro. I'm telling you, the neck has the perfect amount of fat and muscle. That's the best. But I only had that in Montenegro. We've never done it here. We just get lazy and get the regular thick-cut bacon. But that and uh, uh, burgers, they, they're called pieskis as well. So it's a different kind of – it's like a flat burger, but you serve it with this olive oil spread – and it's off wire sauce. So yeah, we, I mean, I'd be eating it all. Trying to, you know, he's eating it. <laughs> well, n- now that the ATB listeners are all uh, salivating and hungry, I know I now cannot wait to eat. Before we get <laughs> to Detroit, I want to get the Alpha Academy's thoughts on the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam. It's beginning to take shape. There's still more matches coming up, more events to be announced. But from where you guys sit as fans of this, as we all are, that's why we ended up in this business. What stands out? to you guys thus far about the SummerSlam card? What are you most looking forward to? There's a, a couple things, I think, for us personally, but professionally, I, the, the Logan Paul thing is always of interest to me just because, uh, let's face it, there's like divided groups here about how people view celebrities in our company and in our business, right? And like if they deserve to be here, you know, if they don't, if they haven't paid their dues, but that guy has proven you know, multiple times that he is game for what we do and not only just game to step up and like, and, and show up and and do it, but like do it at a level that I don't think anybody really expected him to. Um, And so I'm not above giving full credit to somebody when they're willing to do that and put in the work. So he's done that. And I'm willing to see, you know, now he's got to realize, okay, brother, you showed everybody that you're game and you can do this thing. Now you got to do what we try to do every week and elevate yourself and do the next level of that. And so it's going to be a test for him. Um, everybody's going to be watching. Eyes are going to be on him to see, like, was it a, a fluke these first few times? Or is he going to deliver again and blow our minds again and continue to do so in the future? So I personally am excited to watch that. And what's your prediction there, Willie? Yeah, I think he will. He's in there with a guy, Ricochet, who's, uh, you know, Ricky. refuses to ever be outshined by anybody um, always comes with like insane ideas. Anytime I worked with them. And so to do it at a big event, like SummerSlam in front of that many people, you can bet your butt that like, they're going to, they're going to come to play, dude. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky's the man. I got a story in, in, in uh, green Bay, Wisconsin. He was like, just told me and Tucker, I was team with Tucker, just put your hand out and I'm going to jump off it. I'm like, yeah, you guys want, you want to give you a little uh, boostage brother? He's like, Nope. And I swear to God, it was like a, a like a like a dove just hit my hand. I was like, "How is he that light and so explosive?" <laughs> like, come on, dude! Yeah. Like, he just jumped up, and we're like, "Okay, all right." Yeah. 
He did that. All right. All I got is the worm. That's all I got. Sorry. It gets you, it gets you hot. <laughs> it's like, dude, the things he makes look easy. And then yeah. he was Logan, you know? And I mean, with the, with the stuff they're doing, like, I think it's going to add to the fact that now Logan's going to be like trying to up his game as well because you got Ricky, everything's fluent. And now Logan's got to, you know, get the prime going, brother, if you know what I'm saying. Not the drink, the primeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gable, real quick, what makes Logan Paul so hateable? for you and the entire WWE universe? Probably him and his bar's haircut. They got weird haircuts, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind it, guys, yeah. but I mean, every time I see his hair, I see his hair, I sit there. I just don't like, like his hair. <laughs> yeah. Like his, he's got the skater boy haircut where he goes, I've been, I don't wear a hat, but I do. You know, like, there's, there's a, an innate quality of, I, I've found in my life about certain human beings that it's hard to put a finger on, but some people are just like punchable, just looking at them. And like, he's got that quality. You know, some people have to try. Like if you're talking to Otis, he doesn't, he has to try very hard to be hateable, right? Because he's too too much about him to like. (laughs) A guy like Logan, he's got that innate human quality. We got to come up with a word for it other than punchable. I don't know what it is, but. I think punchable is perfect. Yeah. You you just look at him and you hate him. And then he opens his mouth and it gets even worse because he's a, he's a jerk. Right. And so it's like, he, he gets it, man. He knows. I agree with you, and I'll do you one better. You look at him, and he looks punchable. You hear him yeah. speak, and he becomes even more punchable. And I think arguably what makes people the most angry is he's as good as he says he is. He's good. Yes, he's really good. Not yeah. only is he punchable, he's a badass <laughs> who knows how to fight, has dangerous hands. Both he and his brother are legitimate combatants, you know what I mean, real athletes. And Dude. I think that makes people even crazier because it's not like, Oh, that guy looks punchable. I should go punch yeah. him. It's yeah. that guy looks punchable, but he might kick my ass. Dude, there's nothing worse than a jerk or like a jerk telling you how good he is, but then actually being that good. Right. It's like you're just praying for him to fail, like desperately hoping he fails. And then he's like actually as good or better than he says he is. And you're like, you don't know what you, you're just beside yourself, dude. It's, it's infuriating. Oh, yeah. Like you look, look at Rocky Marciano. Like he was that good boy, tough heavyweight. Very quiet. Then you got Muhammad Ali, who's telling you everything he's going to do. That must have been so mind-blowing back in that time. But even now, you got this kind of guy where, like, because, again, I never knew of Logan Paul being honest here. <laughs> and when we, we came to TV, I said, hey, yes, who's this guy? And he goes, he's a YouTube YouTube guy. I said, you can make money off YouTube? And he <laughs> goes, oh, my God. Like, yes, you can. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. All right. But. Uh, to be honest with Logan, you know, he's got a great spirit, man. Side talk. I remember he had an interview where he kind of sounded like someone almost messed with me. I messed with him. But I always joke, said I, I joke around a little bit in the locker room. I'm a very serious man. And when I saw him at the first time, I walked up to him. I said, who are you looking at, you son of a bitch? <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, he's either going to think I'm serious or he thinks, like, oh, my God. Like, he's here at the interview. And he just, he just left. He goes, I'm looking at you, big boy. I'm like, and then we just kind of hit it off. So, for me, I got no problem with uh, – you know, the celebrities, you know, he's got the great, great attitude about it. He's got the prime drinks, you know, hydration. So, yeah, do it, baby. It sounds to me like there might be room for Logan Paul in the academy, should he sh- hey. so choose to join someday. Hey, I'm always- Does he know a hold? Does he think he, does he can squeeze? I mean, those punches, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean? But I tell you what, though, it's way more gratifying. He knows this more than I do. When you have a human being broke and you have a manhandled, it's way better than a knockout, in my opinion. Hey, one more match to touch on. KP, before we get there, was that not just the most unintentionally chilling statement we've ever had made? (laughs) Doze is laughing and jovial (laughs) when you've got a man broken. The best way to finish it. And he's laughing the whole time. Those you're terrifying. <laughs> I was kind of wondering, like, whoa, easy, dude. Where'd, they, where'd that come from? He is yeah. a horror movie fan. Yeah. That's uh, true. I've done that side too, trust me. I've his, been, mind, his mind goes there once I have while. been humbled, Matt, full of sweat in the face, and Roland just holding my head down going, what are you going to do now, bitch? And I'm like, I, don't, I have nothing. Roland, <laughs> is it Roland Gardner? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Like, I've been humbled plenty of times. So when I get the chance to do it, it's way more gratifying. absolutely love it well i know you're uh you're not active on the youtube yet those but i understand that the alpha academy is now on twitch yes sir uh you're looking at our twitch studio right here the shack which we've turned into our twitch studio so this is the garage gym that we work out in every day cookout place everything and you just got word of the twitch stuff and it started blowing up and we're like well we've talked about a long time like 
ways to interact with the fans more and stuff like that. And the Twitch thing seems so cool. And so far, dude, it's been awesome. Like I was, I get all stressed out about everything needing to be like perfect from the get go. And like, man, you know me. (laughs) And like, it's, it's gotta be perfect. We gotta like get a million people watching and everything's gotta be set right. But like we kind of launched without that being the case and it just worked out great. Like people just want to hang out and interact with you. They're not interested in everything being, you know, perfectly technically sound and all that stuff like I am. And we've just hang out for like an hour every week, work out, chat with people and answer questions. And usually they're asking what he likes to eat. That's like 90%. There's of the a, there's like 30 sandwich questions. I'm going like, I, I sit there working out, salivating, going, my God, I haven't had that in a while. So, yeah. Hop on guys. If anyone's got any more unique questions than food stuff. Hit us up with it. We're not good. We're not good gamers. We can't game. But cornhole, (laughs) play cornhole with us. We will do a Twitch on cornhole. Tell you. You guys play cornhole on Twitch. I, I've never been on Twitch. I, I'm still learning what that world is all about. I know a lot of people play, play video games, but you can just kind of hang out and play other games. Uh, my understanding is that now you can pump. You can do whatever you want on there. I guess now they've got an old category called like in real life, which is essentially like just do whatever you want. And so we just like work out on there and yeah, we're going to like cornhole is a great idea. I never thought of that one, but he wants to watch horror movies and like do a watch along. So you kind of like time them up together. If they want to do it, I don't know if, if you want cool. this man's demented boss yes. on a yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'll sit there and listen to that. Trust I would me. love Otis on commentary. I, sign me up. I, I, that's a great idea. I would absolutely log in to watch horror movies with those. I mean, that's pretty much the basis of most of our conversations anyway. Exactly. So I, I think might as well let other people in on it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I should know more about the world and politics and know about the earth and all this. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. I'm literally just like, oh, you didn't know that part in that movie when this happened? behind the scenes he goes i wouldn't know that dude i'm like well i don't know <laughs> my, my brain works i guess right on well guys how does it how do uh, the wwe fans find you on twitch so the twitch address is twitch.tv slash the alpha academy all one word hit us up we're usually doing like we don't have a set schedule right now but it's usually thursdays or fridays when we're off the road obviously and we'll hop on there for like an hour we'll stream a workout we'll talk about it and then we hang out afterwards for however long people want to hang out cool and just down. answer questions, cool down. And uh, like I said, yeah, we're trying to grow it and add new dimensions to it, do different activities. So come on by, give us your ideas, and we're open. Sounds like fun. I might have to give it a shot, no doubt about Hop it. On in. Alpha Academy, thank you guys for hanging out. As always, you're always welcome. We are enjoying the hell out of everything you guys are doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Appreciate you. We love you guys. Kapow. Wing machine. Love you more, Otis. <laughs> Follow the Alpha Academy on Twitch. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Listen for free wherever you get your podcast. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Full episodes of ATB are available on the official WWE YouTube channel each and every Monday. And we'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, more WWE after the bell.